0: entrepreneur podcast, where we bring good business to light. In today's episode, I want to introduce you to an amazing man of creative, technical, and business talents. His offerings include a newsletter written like an artist, podcasts that are a business owner's marketing dream, and programs that create action because he takes the time to give you the step-by-step details through the process. Paul Jarvis began his career designing and programming websites for entrepreneurs and still enjoys that along with the challenges of building his own products. Paul was my main inspiration for creating these podcasts and my recently launched newsletter. His programs I took on these topics remove so much of the pain involved technically and creatively. With all that said, let's meet Paul Jarvis. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for checking into the Dog Entrepreneur Podcast this week. We are so lucky to have an amazing person along with just a badass business person, marketer, web developer, farmer, all kinds of amazing things. Today we have Paul Jarvis on the line with us. How are you today, Paul?
1: Hey, I'm good, Gary. How are you?
0: I am wonderful, man. I am just, I wanted to say you're one of the the few blogs that I actually read every week, uh, The Sunday Dispatch. And it is just so filled with action packed stuff. I mean, every, every time I read it, it's makes me do something. Uh, It's not just a lot of fluff. I mean, I really appreciate everything that you share. And it's, uh, like I said, very action driven. And uh, so really, I just really appreciate you sharing everything. The main thing I wanted to talk about right now is if you owned Paul's dog walking service. What would the goal of the site be? You know, what were the, what would be the action steps, the onboarding process of the first time I log onto your site?
1: Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good question. I think the the only thing I would want people to do is sign up for my mailing list. That would be the start and finish of the action that I would want a new visitor to take.
0: And what would be the purpose do you think of your of your blog?
1: Well, I think for the, so the list, could have a ton, a ton of different reasons, and we can get into it. But I think the, main, the, the reason why I said list, and the reason why I basically say list for any type of business under the sun, is that a web page typically only has like a couple seconds, one time, maybe two times, where people see it. And then if it's not right for them at that specific second, then they're gone. And it's It's like, all right, I'm going to go find some other website to look at, or here's some, some dancing cat video that I'd rather watch. But if you get somebody on your mailing list, then you have basically infinite times, unless they unsubscribe, chances to get them to know who you are, your brand, your company, get them to know about your services, get them to know about your unique value proposition in the market that you're in, get them to kind of get a sense of you and who you are and why... They should hire you instead of another pet sitter or dog walker or whomever like it really just gives you and like my mailing list, like i run a digital company obviously but like my mailing list drives my like pretty much my entire business and most people that i know that do stuff on the internet or even offline and the mailing list is pretty much the, the best place to communicate because you show up where people spend most of their time, which is in their inbox, and it's better than social media. Can one? It converts way higher than social media. I think social media converts at less than one percent. Like it's ridiculously though, Social media is fun a little sometimes, maybe not, but it doesn't. It's not really that great for business unless you throw heaps of money at ads. Whereas email gets. Much better engagement rates, much better opens and clicks and purchases and and all of that. It's just a, it's an easy way to to communicate because it feels like a one to one communication because it's an email from you going to one person in their inbox. It feels like they're talking to you. It's just like when I send out my Sunday dispatches. It feels even though there's like twenty something thousand people on the list, it feels like the person who's getting the email it's just me communicating with them. So it's a one to many relationship where you can send an email to however however many people you have on your list. But it feels to them like, "Oh, this is a communication that like they know it's not one to one, but it, it feels and that's more important. It feels like it is a one to one communication." And so I think that's what that that would be my my only goal. Like I would write great content and I would I would add things that would make people want to sign up for my mailing list, but that would be the main goal even with my website. Like I the site is pretty much bare, and I've done web design for 20 years. And it's still – it's just a mailing list. That's the only focus I care about.
0: I, it's funny because I – so so my, my routine is I listen to a podcast, usually when I'm riding my bike to the gym, usually yours, as I was catching up on them. And <laughs> so it's a short bike ride. Yeah, it's 10 minutes to get to the gym. <laughs> then I was you know listening to the podcast while I was on the elliptical and, and whatever. And one of the main things that you said that – when I went to your website, it was so if, – if there's too much to focus on, people focus on nothing. Yeah. And I, I look at your site. It's very clean. And, and the one thing I was kind of proud of myself is since I learned from you is that you have as your button social proof. Yep. And I, I I was so proud of myself when I saw it because I, I listened <laughs> to what you were saying about some, you know, in those two previous podcasts where be careful with your buttons. I mean, they can be a little pushy. Subscribe here. Sign up now. All, yeah, you don't want to yell at people. You don't want to yell at people. And maybe, you know, maybe they need, like you said, one or two times to come back and kind of see if it's the right fit. But well, I, I started to look and then I saw the, the, the number 23,000 and I, I went, Oh, that's what Paul did there. He was letting people join. Hey, there's a lot of people like you who want this content. Um, so I, like I I love the simplicity of your site. If making your dog walker site, would it be as clean? Would you Would you have some pictures on there? I mean, how would the, the homepage look like?
1: Well, it, it would look like what it needs to look like based on testing. So what I've done for my website is everything. There's There's a very specific and measured purpose. For everything on my site, even though it looks like I stripped everything bare, which I did, but that's only because so I do something called A-B testing, where I there's a script on the site that shows different people different words or buttons or things. And then whichever one of those two variables does the best, then that's the one that I use. So I would do the same thing. I'd probably keep my rat logo because it's a it's a little pet. Cause And that's part of my brand. That's what makes people remember my brand awesome. is the rat. And yeah, it would probably be, but it would be just as simple because I just see time and time again, like I've done, I don't know, probably five or 600 websites for clients across every industry from Fortune 100 companies to like solo entrepreneurs who are just starting out. And what I just see time and time and time and time and time and time again is that, Simple is always more effective. It's not easier to do. Simple is typically harder to do. I think it was, I think it was Hemingway. It was some one of those writers that had a drinking problem, but it was also a writer, which doesn't narrow it down. Was he said? One of his quotes is, "I didn't have time to write you a short letter, so I wrote you a long letter instead." Because most of the time, it's easier to just put all your shit on one page, like just every idea you have, just all of the things, all of the buttons, all of the clickies. And it just like it doesn't it doesn't work. It's easier to do that. And it's harder to kind of pare down and see, like, okay, what is the bare minimum of stuff I can have on the site that increases the focus of the person looking at the site that makes them want to do something next, but isn't so little that there's there's nothing to do. Like it could just say, it could just be a picture of my rat and it'd be just, like some avant garde. Like art project or something, which wouldn't I doubt would work very well. I should test that. But so I think, yeah, if I was uh if I was working in that industry, I would definitely have things like like we were talking about, like social proof, like my website because I've written and been featured on some um, publications that people have heard of. I have a few logos there. I have some testimonials from people because every person that I've ever worked with have asked for a testimonial from, because that's just good business practice. Then so I have a testimonial on the page. I want to attract a very specific type of person to my audience. So I make the language on my page relate directly to them and kind of repel people who wouldn't be a good fit. And it's the same for any industry. It's the same if you're if, if you're a dog walker. There's probably some people that you don't really want to work with. So you don't have to cater to everybody, and that's I think one of the, the the scariest things in business is to kind of like niche down to a specific audience. But I also think that's where like success and happiness tied to success happens is when you get so focused on getting one specific type of client that everybody else just kind of doesn't matter. Like you can build the audience that you want to have. You're not just like stuck with the people that that pay attention. That would suck, right? So. Yeah, I think being very specific with the the way that you present yourself, positioning yourself in a way that shows some social proof, so it's not just you talking about yourself on your business website. I think those are all really important things.
0: So would it be just a couple pages, maybe like a home screen and about me? Like how, how would you lay the the actual website out?
1: Yeah, it would be... So it would be a few things. It would be, um, I guess, specific to the location. So I'd want to pad it with things that would, would help with search results because it's a location-specific business. Mm-hmm. I would want to pad it with um, the types of things that people would search for if they were looking for a, a dog walker. And But I would also make it very much my personality. Like if I had like a style of dog walking or I, I liked walking a specific type of dog as opposed to a different type, like maybe... I'm like the big crazy dog walker mm-hmm. that other dog walkers don't want to walk these dogs because <laughs> they just go crazy. But that's my thing. I would definitely want to put that on the site. So, yeah, I would have a home page. I would have obviously have the mailing list because that's always the most important thing. I would have an about page. but it, and, and this is where a lot of people I see go wrong. Your about page isn't about you. It's about the people that you want to work with. And a lot of people kind of miss that boat. Because people, like, it, it, it's your story but told in a way that will relate to the people that you want to, to pay attention or to work with you. So I'd have that type of about page. Probably a picture of me with some dogs. Like, uh, kind of makes sense to me. I'd have a services page. I'd probably share my rates. Even when I was doing just web design, I'd always share my rates. It's easier because you have to have less conversations. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, you I don't know, have to, people don't have to contact you and find out your rates. And then this is back and forth. It's just like, this is what I charge. Here yeah. you go.
0: I've I've had people think that there's a strategy there where they don't want to scare people off. But I think it's like you said, if you put the rates there and if the people, if it's not the right fit, it's not the right fit. It's one less phone call you have to take or exactly. in an email you have to respond. Excellent. Um, yeah.
1: And I would have an easy way to get in touch. Like since it's a local, I probably have a phone number on there or a, like text or call me because that's very low friction as opposed to like a, a 15 field email form. <laughs>
0: That was going to be one of my questions. (laughs) That's very—you hit it right on the head. Now, one of the things that I was—I was excited to talk to you about because this—this was like fascinating to me. And my wife, who's also in marketing, talks about something similar—is you know keeping people in your house. A lot of times with dog walkers, they're using a lot of social media. And one of the things you had mentioned in one of your podcasts was about not taking people off of your site with logos to social media. Mm-hmm. Do you think that would be something that you would do? Use social media a little more if you had this style of business versus the one you're in? Or would you again try to cover that on your website if it was pictures or the cute posts? I mean people like to see pictures of their dogs walking with their dog friends every day. So would would that be maybe an industry that you would change your opinion on that or would you or would you keep that separate? Like how would you handle that?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I, I agree with your wife, who's very smart, <laughs> where it's like, you need to play mostly in the playground that you can control. And I call it playgrounds, right? So you have to play in the playground that you can control. So you can take your bouncy ball and go home if you get pissed <laughs> off. But like, and then use social media the same as they do now, like it's it, their outposts. So they're good ways to get people. They're good small touch points for people. But you don't want to put your entire business on a platform that you can't control. It's just like okay, Facebook changed their algorithm. If you want to reach the people who like your page, you got to pay 5 bucks or 50 bucks or $500, mm-hmm. right? Like it, you don't have control. Like they can take their bouncy ball and start charging you access to that ball, <laughs> right? So it's like you got to be careful with places like that. And I'm not saying don't use those things, but you can use those things, but then – Always kind of be gently drawing people back to that something that you can control, like your mailing list or your yeah. website, or your website to get people on your mailing list. Because then, if you don't like the way your email service provider works, you pick another one. You want to export it from like AWeber and move to Mailchimp. Grab your list, dump it. You take everybody with you to wherever you want to go. With Facebook, it's like you can't take all the people that like your page somewhere else because it doesn't it doesn't translate like that. So. Yeah, I would definitely use social media because that's where people spend their time. But like I said right at the very beginning, it doesn't convert very well. Mm -hmm. But it's a good way to just show up so people remember you because you want to have as many touch points as possible regardless of – like when I was just doing web design, I I only had probably like 10, 15, maybe 20 clients a year. And like that was all I needed for that type of business. And now I obviously need a much bigger audience because my, my services cost or my products cost a lot less than their products instead of services. But it still needs that um, it still needs that touch point. You, st- you still need to show up and people to remember who you are and what you do. So then when they do need your service, if say they don't need a dog walker unless they're on vacation or their work gets crazy for a month of the year, they're not going out to because you don't want people to just like go to Google and look for any dog walker. You want people to think I need a dog walker. I need to talk to this person. You don't want to be one of many because that's a much harder situation to control. You want to be one of one. So when I was a web designer, I didn't want people to like Google web design like that doesn't that doesn't help me. I would just like a race to the bottom because I'd be competing with people that charge a hundred dollars for websites but i wanted people to think like okay i need a web designer i gotta talk to paul because i see his name everywhere i read his newsletter i see his i hear his podcast i see his name on the bottom of websites that i go to i see his articles in places that i read so they wouldn't be going to google and looking up like i just need somebody to do this they're like okay i just need to talk to this person directly it's the same with dog walking you want the person that, you want the person to think like you're that person that they need instead of insert X person.
0: Great advice. Now you you keep hitting on this and I've personally have already taken the course. It's amazing. But I was a little intimidated when, with the newsletter uh, part of creating yeah. my business and, you know, for many different reasons. And one of them was how to organize it. And I took your chip essentials class, which is uh, MailChimp, which how would you describe MailChimp? I'm not as techie. Is it, it's an email provider or?
1: Yeah, it's a new, it's, a news, it's newsletter software. So it's an email service provider.
0: Like we had talked about in the beginning, this isn't you know most mailing list for the average dog walker isn't going to be you know twenty thousand people. They don't have national products, so yeah. for Mailchimp, the first you know it's it's free for under two thousand people for your mailing list. So it's it's a great platform to go to to be able to you know take advantage of all this the, the different uh, functionality of it. You know, Chimp Essentials, like I know how it helped me. How you know? How did it
1: help you? Well,
0: well, <laughs> what it what it did to me is it made me like a lot of your stuff. It made me do something instead of mm-hmm. wondering what was gonna happen and logging in and being a little intimidated by the actual platform. When I logged in and it's like literally you pointing me like, click on this button. Here's a screenshot. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what the function does of this. It made me actually. When I got frustrated or there was something that I wasn't sure about from putting the things in, I, it made me keep going because I knew like, all right, well, you know, Paul's like here and I know he's done this and he's got every – that's the stuff I, I love about all the content you provide. It's like every single step is right there. that That's what it helped me with. Sometimes I just need to kick in the butt to actually make the action without the the intimidation of the technology. So. So thank you. Yes. Now, as far as the course, what was your goal? I mean, were you having people saying like, Hey, I want to do more in MailChimp or you know, how did it come about?
1: Yeah. So the, the goal was because I've worked, like I've used MailChimp with hundreds of clients that I've worked with to like help their business. I've used it with mine. Like I said, like MailChimp is the, is the, the way that I make money on the internet because I send my products to my mailing list and then they buy them because they've been interacting with me for like, 52 weeks of the year, or something like 48, so I take a break in November or in December when nobody listens, anyways. <laughs> but so the, the point of it was that I want it because a lot of times, because a lot of people pay for it, because you can get MailChimp for free, but you don't have access to automations or a few other things. And yeah, your list has to be under 2,000 people. But a lot of people treat MailChimp as an expense. When it can be like a, a stream of revenue, so I wanted people to go from paying money for Mailchimp to making money with Mailchimp, mm-hmm. because that's what that's what I do. That's what I've helped so like hundreds of clients do before. So like I know it's possible, and I see how it works. And it's not easy work, but it's it's doable, and it's doable regardless of your level of technical expertise. Because the first time you set up some functionality or add some functionality, it's like. Holy shit! This is like crazy. Like I don't understand this. And the second time, it's like okay, it took you half the time. And then the third time, you're like a pro at it, and you don't even think about it. You just do it. So I just wanted people to be able to set things up to to make their to make their email marketing smarter to like send the right email to the right person at the right time. So segmenting their lists, pe- organizing people into groups, onboarding people properly, setting up automation sequences, so they're so people are getting emails even if you're not like replying to them. So there's a whole bunch of things that I just I want people to use Mailchimp better because it's a great platform and I, I really like it.
0: I mean, you're one of the, the people that I see that really gets like the most out of it. When I when I looked at the course, I was like, whoa, there's all these functions in Mailchimp. I thought you just put people in there, and then uh, I mean, it was just it was amazing to to be able to create the content and turn it into like you said an expense to actually an income producer yeah so yeah i highly recommend it for anybody that's you know trying to expand either into i mean would you say it's more for the course creator because i know that's part of it too or, or was that a separate
1: yeah that's that's kind of separate so i, I think it's for the the course is for people that have a business so if you if you have a bit if you make money then the course is pretty much for you and there's a lot that talks there's a lot in the course that talks about like segmenting and onboarding and all of that and I think that really applies to so many different areas like I was using the same techniques in Mailchimp when I was doing web design as now, when I'm making like books and courses and selling software products, so it kind of it kind of carries through, and it's just a matter of saying, okay, okay, how do I apply this to one, my own unique brand and voice and tone, because you don't want to sound like a robot or a slimy marketer, and two, it does this like you don't have to use? Not everybody uses every feature. I don't even use every feature in Mailchimp. There's a few that things that I teach in the course that I don't personally use, but I know they're there, so I want people to have that option. So it's not a matter of using. Like that would take too long as well to like use every single feature that a a software system has. No, you just want to use the things that are going to work for you and the things that are going to help your business and the things that are going to help you make more informed decisions based on tests and data that you do, not just listening to some talking head on the internet.
0: I want to end the podcast with this one thing. Does your mom and dad's opinion of your website matter?
1: no <laughs> I don't, my parents don't even know what I do like I just tell them I make internet and that's like my dad doesn't even know how to type on a computer he's very old yeah they don't unless unless your mom and dad are hiring you to dog walk and giving you money they don't doesn't matter the only people that matter are the people you want to hire you that your specific like niche down audience
0: so get get your website in front of potential people or people that have hired Drew in the past and get their opinion of what it is.
1: Not Exactly. Not if your mom and dad are good lead gens, then sure, but... If not, probably not, then yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, because I see that a lot. And I just wanted to hit that at the end because I, I'm in a lot of these groups and I see people that get their website redone. And the first thing they do is they, po- they post it in a group of their peers and and people start offering their opinions. And I, yeah. I just, I really wanted to hit that because I laughed when I was riding my bike. I remember specifically, I was riding my bike down the hill <laughs> and you had said, ah, you know, your mom could be the nicest person in the world, but her opinion yep. of your website doesn't matter. Yep. So keep it in front of the, the people that are going to hire you. Exactly. Uh, so thank you so much, Paul, for taking the time. And, and uh, you know, a personal thank you for me. I would have never been doing these podcasts. I would have never done a, a lot of these little things that I've been doing in the last couple of months just because of, you know, the content that you're putting out. Like I said, that makes it easy f- to take action because it's all cool. laid out for you right there. And uh, Paul had a podcast challenge. He had to have three done by July 18th. I have my three done. I didn't upload them yet because I'm still learning how to edit in GarageBand. Yeah. But but they're there. I have my three. <laughs> nice. So um so personally thank you very much for you know for really taking the time to put some content out there and, and help people. So that cool, just man. been amazing. And uh, Paul's podcast is the freelancer. You update that weekly, correct?
1: Yep, every Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then your newsletter, amazing, the Sunday dispatch. Thank you. Do you want to give out your website also?
1: Yeah, PJRBS.com or just Google Paul Jarvis on the first few pages. <laughs> it's easy. is my URLs hard to remember, but if you Google my name, I'd come up at the top so for a few pages. so it's just easier. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, you make the internet, so it's exactly. <laughs> I, I did that on purpose. <laughs> and, and like I had mentioned, the Chip essentials course that you offered was amazing too. So anybody that's looking to get better into their newsletters, which is something that I'm real every day, I just realize the importance of that for um, you know staying engaged or offering products or you know there's just so much value in having an audience. So thank you so much, Paul. And it was wonderful to, to talk to you in person. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Any big plans?
1: No, I'm working in the garden.
0: Beautiful.
1: (laughs) Most weekend plans are paddle boarding. That's about how my weekends typically go.
0: What's growing good this year?
1: Uh, Zucchini. I just pulled a probably almost 20-inch long zucchini out of my garden. It's ridiculous. I posted a very awkward picture of myself with a zucchini on Twitter and Instagram the other day. And then I pulled a one that's about eight inches longer than that out of the garden yesterday. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Awesome. Well, that, that's going to be the next course, right? How to get the 20-inch zucchini. Exactly. <laughs>
1: It'll, the copyrights itself. So.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Paul. Cheers, man. You have a great day. You too. Bye.